the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. There is plenty of topics out there. Home builder confidence tumbles in the month of March. The March reading on home builder confidence from the National Association of Home Builders fell to a reading of 53. Anything above 50 is expansion, positive, optimistic. Anything below is lack of confidence, contraction, kind of the boogeyman. The survey is consistent with a dip in new home sales after a couple of above-trend readings, but the real test for the housing market comes as the weather normalizes and the spring selling season starts. Very modest pickup at this point in time is the expectation. Goldman Sachs says the euro will fall to 80 euros, not the dollar, but they think the parity will be hit within the next six months. Um, interesting. Again, it shows you maybe you should consider having some money in a foreign European company that does business in euros, like a Unilever or a Nestle. N-E-S-T-L-E, Nestle makes the very best chocolate. Nestle had an ad campaign in the 1950s on television with Farfel the dog, F-A-R-F-E-L. Why I have that useless knowledge in my head, I don't know. And if you were to YouTube it or Google it, you'd be like, wow, that is so old school. It's literally 60 years old. Uh, Fed may open the door to higher interest rates. That's the expectation this week after a two-day meeting that ends Wednesday. Uh, they're going to come out with some sort of statement where they're probably going to drop the be patient uh, statement as it considers an initial bump in its near-zero benchmark interest rate later this year. The likely month is June. June, Captain. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, I get a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls on the confusion that is mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, no-load funds, ETFs, A shares, B shares, C shares. Let's demystify a little bit. What do we need to know? Well, 
it's gotten harder because as fee-based financial planning has come into play, and that's where what most people want to end up with because of the fiduciary aspect of it, knowing what you're paying for is important. So when people have A, B, C, there's even Z share mutual funds out there. What's you got to know Z what share? you're these C and Z shares are kind of like these quasi fee-based programs. So when when advisors want to be fee-based, but they can't do it because of the current company that they work with, or they don't have the right licensing or whatever, they might use C share or Z share funds, which they look like they're no load because you don't pay anything to get into them, right. but their internal fees are often higher, um, and they often have kickback issues um, to the firms that you work with. So. You know, if you have an A share, a B share, a C share, or a Z share mutual fund, you're not in a no-load fund. You're in a loaded fund environment. A shares, you pay large sales charges up front in exchange for lower ongoing fees. So if you're investing less than 100000 a lot of times the, the front-end loads on an A share, 5.75%. You've got to get well more than that just to break even. Um, in a B share mutual fund, you don't pay anything going in, but your your money's often tied up right. for five to six years. And your fees are higher for five to six years, and then they eventually the fee structure drops down. So, um, again, it's usually you end up paying more in a B share, so I don't really like them. Okay. C shares, they're even higher than a B share in many cases, but the fees never drop, and they just pay the broker 1% every year. Um, and the problem with those A, B, C share and Z share funds is, is you're tied to the fund family. Right. So if you want to go from a uh, large cap growth to a large cap value, you can only do it inside that fund family. You can't go outside of it without getting tied up again or paying another commission. So it's just not the right way to go. You want to be in the no-load fund environment or ETF environment that's out there. So typically I tell people you don't want to be in American funds. That's a fund family. You'd rather buy your funds at Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade where there's such big volume houses, their fees are lower than anywhere else. Is that a statement that is wise, or, or am I... Typically, like when it comes to American funds, though, that's a, it's been a pretty successful fund company, um, right. and they actually now have a share class for fee-based advisors called F-shares. So you might see an F-share fund pick. Um, I've used a fund in the past. I don't own any right now. But, yeah, I mean, you can go... If you, if you want to know what is truly a no-load, you can look at, um, say, a TD Ameritrade or a Schwab's website and see what the no-transaction, no-load funds are okay. that are there. And you can see that they have no uh, front-end sales charge and no deferred sales charge. That way you know you're in a no-load fund. But look, Rob, I mean, what most people should be doing for their first hundred to 250000 is just looking at total stock market index funds. And the no like load the Wilshire 5000? Um, Wilshire 5000 is the whole market. Right. But just um, there's like Vanguard has the Vipers. That's total stock market funds on both the international and domestic side, um, the no-load fund side. And, and you can go in and... And get ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, which are mutual funds that trade like stocks. Right. So you can look at the indexes. The internal fees are only about 0.08% per year. Extremely, extremely low cost. And there's a whole, you know, like a TD Ameritrade, for example, there's 100 different ETFs you can buy without even a trading cost. So getting, being able to invest in those types of funds is getting cheaper and cheaper. Which is great because that's one of the hindrances to, to performance mm-hmm. is uh, making mistakes absolutely will hinder your performance. But cost will hinder your performance. So you can eliminate one of the variables that will hurt you and try to go with as low fees as possible as far as the transactions and the funds you're choosing. Right, and that's why I say that, you know, indexing. I like both indexed and managed funds and individual stocks. But the way I tell people to start out is start off with the index approach because it's the lowest cost, the lowest tax issues that that you're going to deal with. 
and especially when you're investing mostly in equities when you're younger and you don't need the bonds. As people get older, though, we worry about downside protection as much as upside potential. Right. So you can't just be in index funds, in my opinion, when you retire. With that said, you work for New Focus Financial, and people can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. We've got about a minute left in conversation time. Is there anything else that we need to know about? Well, I guess where you look for the different types of funds, um, where I use my index funds and my index ETFs are for my large cap and my mid cap areas. Yeah. But if I'm going international emerging markets, I typically like to really do dig in, do the research, and find managed mutual funds. So, for example, you look at Japanese stock market right now, and it's drastically underperformed the U.S. stock market. They have debt issues. They have an aging population. But there's specific companies in, in Japan that are doing very well. So you don't want just necessarily an index fund there. You'd want a, a, manage, a manager with boots on the ground in that country. They know the currency issues. Um, same thing with China, Indonesia, uh, you know, all the different places where emerging markets are, where, you know, two-thirds of the economic growth probably over the next two, two decades is going to come from. Well, that about clears everything up in my mind. I'm not sure about in everyone's mind. <laughs> A shares, B shares, C shares, which one should we choose? I think we hit it all there. I'm Rob Black. That's Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Cinderella, Ella, Ella, Ella was a big hit for Disney. $70 million opening weekend. Um, I don't know what else to say about that other than box office gold. Everything that Disney has right now, there's going to be a new Avengers movie this summer. Do you think it's going to make a billion dollars? I do. Cinderella, the cartoon, obviously um, cultivated and cultivated. And Disney used to do this horrible, mean, cruel thing. And I don't know if they do it anymore. I don't you know, watch the Disney channels that kids watch. But they used to do things like... For a limited time only, Cinderella's coming out of retirement. You can get her on VHS. And then, only first time ever on Blu-ray, but it's only going to be for a month. I love that business practice. I hate it socially, but love it. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Radio Gold. Bull market, bear market, you hear the term brought up loosely, often. Uh, what, one strategist sees a potential of a 35% to 40% drop in stocks during the next bear market. Bull markets are when things are moving up, bear markets are when things are moving down. So if you have $100,000 in your 401k, it can go down to... 70,000, 60,000, are you comfortable with that? I am. And it doesn't make me stupid. It makes me an accumulator of assets, which historically has worked over time. Now, let's say you have $1 million and you're about to retire. Are you comfortable with a 35 to 40% drop in stocks? Probably not. Different investors. Very different investors. 
Um, so I understand people becoming a little bit more nervous depending on where you are and your age. That's, I think, one of the worst case scenarios is for a 40% pullback. It's not unprecedented, and it's certainly been a great six-year run. Now, like everything in life, when you have a great six-year run, there's typically a price to pay. If you're a football team, you've won one Super Bowl, some guys who were backups won out. They want to be starters on other teams. Sometimes you have to pay some of your top players big dollars to retain them. And you can see winning the second Super Bowl is a little bit tougher. Third Super Bowl a little bit tougher. In the world of investing, we've had not six Super Bowl wins, but we've had a really great run. And because of that, some of our players that we pay, companies like Disney, who's been part of the big run, is kind of fat and bloated. With that said, they're loaded. They are loaded for the next couple of years in movies. And their theme parks aren't slowing down. They're raising rates. And uh, they're well positioned. So think of it that way. That Could you handle that kind of pullback? I don't think most people can. And that's when you kind of shake out the winners and losers. Maybe it only needs to be a 20% drop. But when you start getting people to the point where they just can't ever remember the up, that's when they sell at the bottom. And we're all guilty of it. It never feels good to go through a correction. Um, you Ratings go down for CNBC when there's a correction. So just know that it can happen and be cool with it. And again, if you're older, uh, be careful. So one of the big stories is a stronger dollar, right? You keep hearing of it. The dollar has been gaining strength over the past year, and it's pressuring profits, margins, and profits of many U.S. companies who have big business overseas, like Coca-Cola. Let's take on the positive side of the story and say, where could I invest to offset that? You could, you know, knowing that Americans love foreign cars, there's names like uh, Bayerisch Motoren, also known as BMW. Um, Ticker symbol BAMXY. There's Daimler. D-D-A-I-Y, ticker simple. Daimler makes Mercedes-Benz. To say the word Mercedes correctly, you say it actually Mercedes. But no one in America does, because we don't really listen to other people's countries and dialects and give a crap. So Nissan Motor, Toyota Motor, um, all publicly traded companies that you can play off the stronger dollar. So you're going to get a better deal in the domestic automakers like Ford and General Motors, and they will be hurt by unfavorable currency conversions on their European sales. But, again, that's where you're getting that better deal. Less risk. Because a lot of commodities are priced in dollars. A strong greenback also allows car manufacturers to buy the steel, copper, and aluminum they need to make their cars at the lowest prices. Um, a strong dollar also has, you know, a play for tobacco stocks. Take a look at the performance of a Philip Morris, ticker symbol PM, and Altria Group, ticker symbol MO. Philip Morris sells cigarettes, including the iconic Marlboros, outside the United States, but it reports earnings in dollars. So it suffers when the buck appreciates. By contrast, Altria, which sells smokes, only in the United States, is largely impervious to currency fluctuations. Since the dollar started gaining steam last June, Philip Morris, again, the international uh, cigarette company, Shares have slid about 3%, but Altria stock has risen steadily over the past year. It's up 
You can find winners among QS companies that buy goods overseas, like Target, Microsoft TGT. They've stumbled after their data breach, but they seem to be getting things back on pace. Um, TJX companies, they're a big discounter. They're in the same position that Target is. Um, they'll see profits jump about 12% in the current fiscal year, and you're hearing a lot of people say there are going to be no big profit jumps this year. So anytime TGX or any other company could um, beat the projected growth of the S&P 500 index, you kind of have a winner on your hands. Um, so anyway, those are some stocks to think about as far as foreign expo. If you don't want to go for buying the European companies that will benefit, you could actually play with some ideas off each other. And uh, I highly recommend you do. There's something called a cult stock, and I want you to be really, really cautious with cult stocks. Uh, I think they can get you into a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Uh, with some companies, investors just can't help themselves. Like, I can't quit you, okay? Um, I think Tesla is pretty darn close to a cult stock that I want you to be really careful on. Clearly, Apple is a cult stock. Uh, now, do they deserve it? I think they've earned the cult status. I own shares of Apple. Uh, the ultimate tech nerds always believed Apple had a better way, and that technology would eventually change the world. Apple primarily owes its success to the iPhone, which in 2014, the year just ended, Accounted for about 56% of the company's $183 billion in sales. Uh, there is no slowdown at this point in time in the momentum um, for iPhones, and they seem to be, again, hurting competition pretty aggressively. That's impressive. Now, again, it's got a $736 billion market cap. Should you buy it? I own it, so of course I would still buy it today. One of the things, one way to analyze stocks is to say, would you buy it today? Um, it's certainly expensive. You know it and I know it. If you believe their genius has peaked, um, fine. They've got $178 billion investment in cash. Um, so they could do big ideas for a long time. They can fund those big ideas. We won't know, for instance, if the iWatch is a success hit or miss for a couple of years because they're not going to break out those numbers. Amazon's a cult stock, right? Netflix, Tesla, Chipotle Mexican Grill. Um, just know that you are in that world. Under Armour. Um, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. GoPro has to be the ultimate cult stock doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Yahoo! has come out with an announcement at South by Southwest. They've announced an on-demand passwords, so users never have to remember a password again. Yahoo has introduced a new on-demand password system that allows you to log on to your account anytime using an individually generated unique code that they'll text to your phone. It's essentially two-factor authentication without the first step. Ooh, I'm not smart enough to know what could go wrong with that, but I like that the idea of security continues to evolve. I, my first thought is, what if I'm in Mexico and my phone doesn't work and I want to see my emails? Will I remember to reset it to take a real physical email or a physical password or not? And then there's all these biometric things. Again, think about it. If like um, Apple and or Yahoo were to link that password back to your fingerprint, sounds even better, doesn't it? And not necessarily tied towards a code they send you. Interesting. Uh, Macy's, JCPenney, Sears, Deb Shops, Radio Shack, and Wet Seal all have what in common? They're retailers that are kind of sucking it up, except for maybe Macy's. And they're closing stores. Um, and the mall in the United States continues to go through a decline and a change. You know, Apple actually gets a cut in rent at most malls because they bring so many people into their store, into the mall that other tenants like Cheesecake Factory can benefit from. Gas prices are set to drop again as oil prices fall to a six-year intraday low, and there's some positive things happening with gas prices. There's a, a refinery issue that's clearing up in the south of the United States. Elon Musk this week, I don't know what that means, but it's going to be a release of a software update, and it's going to put an end to the so-called range anxiety. Range anxiety is a common fear amongst electric car owners that fear their car won't be able to last until the next charge, which would stink. Google accidentally leaked hundreds of thousands of customers' personal details, and it didn't notice for two years. Whoa. Jay-Z met with some of the biggest names in music about his new streaming site. Imagine this room. You get Jay-Z, you get Beyonce, you get Kanye West, Daft Punk, Madonna, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, Jack White, Chris Martin, some country music people, and some executives. Do I think Pandora is a great investment? No. I think it's very tricky. Do I think Spotify is going to come public in a roar at some point? Sure. Do I think it's the winner, winner, chicken dinner, end all, be all? No. Apple's coming out with something with Beats probably in the next three months, a music service that is rumored to be costing $7.99, which isn't going to be a Spotify killer, but it certainly hurts. Uh, Apple doesn't have to make money in the service. They have to make money in the hardware. And that's one advantage that they have over most other services. Let's talk a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony specializes in mortgage lending. He also has a show here on KDOW, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. That's, again, all about real estate and lending and how to get the loan for the home of your dreams. 
Tony, we have seen a virtual cycle play out numerous times. It feels like adjustable rate mortgages were popular. Then they became un. Then they got to kind of the point where they turned into hybrids, where you know no document loans. And then we got back to let's kill those off for a while and go to 30 years and 15 years. Uh, real estate prices are down. People go with a 30. Real estate prices are up. They go with the arm. What's an arm? Well, it's an adjustable rate mortgage, and you can it's amortized for 30 years, which means your payments are going to be calculated over a 30-year period based on whatever rate you have at the time. A three-year arm, for example, means you're fixed for three years, and then after the third year, you become an adjustable. And you can adjust quite a bit based on a certain index. That index could be anything from the LIBOR to one of the treasury uh, uh, accounts so or indexes. So it's not meant for everybody because after that fixed period, your payments could go up dramatically. So it's, it's a specific product that people use as a tool to keep their payments lower. That's the number one advantage of an arm adjustable rate mortgage is that the rate's going to be about a half a point, sometimes a point lower than what you get on a 30-year fix. The shorter the term arm or the arm term, the lower the rate. So let's say you're staying in your house for three years. Right. And get a three-year arm. Why would you get a 30-year fix at a point higher than and then a 30 year, than a three-year arm and save you know $10,000 over that period of time? So that's why an arm makes sense. Does the property come into play? For instance, can you get an arm on a condo or townhouse? Um, you can, but an arm is a riskier product. So you need higher credit scores. You right. need higher equity. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you need 25% or more equity to get an arm. Even though lately. Jumbo arms have become more aggressive. You can go up to 80%, but over 80%, you're done unless you get an FHA loan, which are pricey to begin with. It almost kind of negates the benefit of having an arm. And part of the whole cycle, again, is at some point in time, you're going to be able to get up to 103% on all these products because we get to the point where we keep loosening standards, loosening standards, loosening standards. Disaster. Disaster. Tight, and then we tighten tight. standards, and then we loosen them, loosen them, loosen them. This was a pretty tragic event that happened uh, to the housing industry, and, and they've be- since then become overregulated. And it's going to continue getting tougher, but it, it right now I'd say we're about what we were in 99 to 2000 as far as guidelines. And then, you know, you know what, hit the fan, and... Lenders started going crazy with the NEGAM loans, loans that would actually increase your balance based on a start rate of like 1%. Those aren't going to come back. So we're going to be a little bit more conservative as far as the type of products available and close some of the doors on on risky products like the the NEGAM. Uh, I guess I just said the same thing over, but it really does emphasize that lenders are scared about selling these products back to the the secondary market, and they're going to continue being over-regulated and over uh, um, criticize your loan scenario. Speaking with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, how often or how much money do you make? Is it different for an arm versus a 15-year versus a 30-year? It, it, it's not. Okay. Uh, one of the things that did change is the way that lenders and loan officers and brokers are compensated so that they charge the same for each scenario. Um, but in the past, uh, we used to have lenders that co- came to our office and they would promote certain products, not the ones that were the best for the client, but the best for the loan officer to make the most money. That's where we got in the most trouble is loan officers were looking to make the most money and selling the wrong products to the clients. That's gone away. So what else should we know about that cash scenario or about the real, the scenario where you use a lender, you want them to make money, but you don't want them to make too much money? And you don't want them to make nothing because then they're not going to really work for you and get to know you. Right. The first thing you want to do is just make sure that you have the right scenario. Good credit. You want equity in your property. Good income. 
and you don't want to stray off of that path because there are some, you know, you have to use FHA or you have to use a private money loan. You want to stick in the mainstream. That's why I'm worried about this private sector um, funding that Obama's trying to push. It's, it could make it a lot worse for people in higher rates. So you want to first make sure your scenario is correct, and then you want to do some shopping. I like using a broker because brokers use several different lenders that could fit your scenario into their slot, where if you did it on your own and you tried to go to one lender and then another lender, you're running your credit more often and you may not hit the right lender that has the right scenario. So there are several things that you can do to make sure that you ensure that you end up with the right pricing, get a good faith estimate, make sure you shop on the right the same day uh, because rates change quite often, and there's some quite a few other tools that you can use. Thanks very much. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Getting to know the right product, getting to know the right lender, I think is critical. You do not want to be in a scenario where you go into a bank and try to get a loan because you're not going to get the product that's right for you. You're going to get the product that they want to push to you. So you're listening to me, Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez, and you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. So 12 IPOs have been priced since the beginning of February. The IPO market has been sluggish, to say the least. Not only the pace of activity has been slow, but the performance of deals has been less than stellar. IPOs give us a little bit of insight into initial public offerings, give us a little bit of insight into where growth is in the economy, um, but it also gives us a little bit of insight into speculation on the stock market. Um, are we speculative and willing to drive up valuations, or are we conservative and saying, you know what, no thank you. Um, the returns haven't been great, like I said. Um, and the names like Summit Materials, you haven't heard of, Max Point Interactive, Intertech Pharma, Great Ajax, uh, Invitae, Innovalon. Uh There hasn't been a big kind of name since Shake Shack. Shake Shack came public, uh, when was that? End of January. So the deal did get increased. It was up 124% on the opening pop. Since then, it's down 2%, um, which isn't a big number but it's big enough that people see it and go, it, has been very, it hasn't been all that. Um, Box, after they opened up, their, their numbers are down 12%. Um, but it did get a jack you know, jump, which for the record, and I hate being pessimistic, the CEO of Box got on CNBC, his name's Aaron Levy, He's the co-founder of the company. He doesn't come across as worthy of being a CEO of a company yet. The idea was a college business project that he had. Um, I'm just a little worried, just a little worried that he doesn't know how to handle the media yet. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You gotta take it.
I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So, taking a look at the stock market, getting a feel for where we are. I try to do that on a day-by-day basis for you. Sometimes I introduce humor, and sometimes my humor flops. Um, sorry about that. My whole goal is to bring you the best show possible to get you to feel comfortable. I'm feeling less comfortable with the stock market this year, not today, but this year, than I did at this point in time last year. Now, that's just me making a funny call. I'm not going to change a lot of the way I invest, but at the start of the year, I picked up more European stocks, more European funds. Uh, I have a strong dollar hedge, which has worked out beautifully. Uh, I'm not trying to rub it in anyone's face like, nanny, nanny, nanny. What I'm trying to say is you have to kind of build a case and change from time to time. The S&P 500 is up 22 today. The Dow's up 212. The NASDAQ up 47. I believe that the euro is in for a lower path because their central bankers have recently started cutting interest rates, similar to the way the United States did six years ago. And it's been a glorious six years for the United States. Um, so I, I don't know if Europe's going to cut interest rates and buy bonds for six years, but I'm in for at least one. I didn't sell all my U.S. stock. I just cut down my allocation to the S&P 500, and I upped my allocation on the small cap stocks, and I upped my allocation on Europe. So far, it's worked out. It doesn't always work out. Um, I just can't make a real good case on the S&P's valuation. It's extended. Can it become super extended? Yes. Can it become super, 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 super extended? Yes. Um... The investment bank Goldman Sachs today said the euro is going to fall to 80 uh, euros. No, not 80 euros. Eight-tenths of one euro compared to the dollar. The call comes a couple of days after Deutsche Bank announced that they saw the euro hitting 0.85. So if they're right and this hits in 2016, 2016 will probably be the best year in the next 40 years. No, I'm not going to say the next 40 years. In the next 10, 20 years will be the best year to travel to Europe because you'll get more bang for your buck. Um, it'll be bad for companies like Coca-Cola because they have they report in dollars, so anything they do in euros, they're going to get converted back into dollars, and that hurts. Um, but it's going to be good for German automatic, uh, well, German stocks, but, you know, when you think international, things that the U.S. consumes of international companies, uh, Diageo, alcohol, food, Unilever. Um, there's all sorts of plays that can, you know, repatriate back in the United States. So, or he bought from the United States and repatriates back into their conversions. So think about it. Just, again, always have an idea. Oh, I love stories like this because it just... It's that time of year where headlines get, you know, a little weak on Wall Street as we're 
you know, in between earnings periods. Mexico pot connoisseurs find inspiration in the United States for growing gourmet weed. Okay. <laughs> like, that's a business story today, huh? Um, yeah. March Madness is also a story you're going to be hearing more about in the coming days. Uh, March Madness kicks off next week. In addition to all the inevitable questions on who your bracket's going to be in situations along that, um, paying college athletes, would it be crazy or not crazy? The Supreme Court has ruled that students can be paid up to $5,000 starting next year, but the big picture debate is still far from answered. Um, obviously, this is going to be a major run. You know, men's basketball is going to bring in $1.6 billion in revenue for the NCAA. Uh, Louisville last year generated over $40 million. That's equivalent to a four-year tuition for 535 students. Over at Duke, you know, one of the most famous college athletes uh, of, the mo- of the moment, a guy named Jahil Okafor, um, he would probably be paid at least $1.1 million based on what he's doing for his college. And he's going to get paid up to $5,000 next year. Tells you, like, uh uh-oh. That's not good. That's not good. Something's not quite right. So the dollar index pulls back a bit. Crude oil sets a new, fresh 2015 low. Airlines like JetBlue doing well today. C.H. Robinson trading higher. Uh, C.H. Robinson's a big old trucking company. We got a great big convoy trucking down the line. Um... I'm not a big fan of truckers. I'm more a fan of trains because a truck driver, and I, I love truck drivers personally. Um, I have a friend, and this is tough to believe. He comes from a very wealthy family. He's now driving a truck for a living. Uh, his family got tired of giving him money to play. Things like setting up a butcher, going out of business. Uh, you get the idea there. Uh, treasuries have ticked down from their highs, but the tenure remains at 2.08%. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the patient. I'll talk to you soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.